Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I no longer play it small to make others feel secure. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. I really love that affirmation. Say it one more time, Jane. Ooh, it's a bit ballsy, isn't it? I no longer play it small to make others feel secure. This is a really cool topic today. And if you've been doing quite deep level self-development work in the last few months or years, this is an, a topic that Jane and I feel is really important to understand. It's something that I do see every now and then in my practice where Someone is trying so hard to release a block or move forward in their life. And often we do go back and look at the fears, at the, the phobias, the blocks, the shadow sides. Why am I being held back? Is it this? Is it that? Is it past life? Is it da 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 da? Sometimes it's not anything like that that's the problem. It's the walls that you're putting up to your own greatness. Yes. Look, I want to start my bit here by reading out a beautiful part of Nelson Mandela's speech that he gave when he was voted in as president. And this is written by Mayor Marianne Williams. Williams. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant? gorgeous, talented, and fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing it small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people will not feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. And as we liberate it from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. It's a very powerful channel piece of writing. And if you want to Google either Marianne Williamson or Nelson Mandela, you'll find it on the internet to read it again and really kind of marinate it in your own time because there's so many deep truths contained just in yes. that one paragraph. Yes, it's, it's amazing. It's epic. It is epic. I've had this printed out on my office wall. Toilet and, door again, Jane? No, this one's the office wall. <laughs> office wall. Office wall for years, like for, for years and years. I don't know how long. And I've given it to people and picked it around in emails, etc. Because there is something about, in our society, we are not allowed to be great. And there's something wrong with that. Especially in Australia. I actually would go go. I would like to clarify that in cultures such as America, they do uphold, they like to put people up. But in Australia, there's a massive underdog, you know, culture of the tall poppy syndrome cutting people down. Yeah, who do you think you are? And, and I know that that's similar for a lot of other cultures. And particularly if we look at women, look at the deeply embedded cultural tenets that we have about toe the line, don't be noticed, don't stick out, be good, be a people pleaser, fit in, don't shame your family. Yes, so much to say about all that. So much to there. say. Some of it's personal. How, well, and, and I think we will go on to the, the, the external, but I also want to talk about the internal because I feel that there is, so, as we know, we're like onions, you know, we peel a layer off and there's a new us, a new more authentic us, and then we do some more self-development work and we peel another layer off and you just keep peeling layers off. 
that all of us know, every single person born in this lifetime knows, deep within their core on some level, they actually do feel special and unique. And in some way, they're denying that within them. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be something special or unique that is perceived by society externally to be great. But it is this feeling within that we feel like we have to suppress. You know, whether you're at a party and the music just bubbles up inside of you and you start singing at the top of your voice until you suddenly realize that, hang on, I shouldn't be doing that. And you suppress it. And we have such emotion within us that we are wanting to let out spontaneously in so many different areas and we just don't allow it. We quickly have a conscious reaction which has us suppress it and stop it and go into fear about it. Like it's embarrassing to to shine. Yes, it's, it's embarrassing. It's fascinating, isn't and it? And I want to give every one of us, our amazing listeners, full-blown permission to shine as bright and sparkly as they can. Because for whatever reason, it takes a lot of guts to be different. It takes a lot of confidence to be different because people who are different will be judged, vilified, called names and misunderstood by the majority of the sheep in the pen who toe the line and are and in the race. why is that? Because it makes them feel insecure. When you're a go-getter, when you're achieving, when you're sharing your dreams and your goals and your aspirations with people, whether you're achieving them or just in the process of manifesting them, it doesn't matter. But when you're sharing those things, what does it do to other people that are listening that are not doing that, that are wanting to do that and are a little bit envious that you're doing that? They have to pull you back to their level because otherwise you're shining the light on their inadequacy. What's that saying about if you're not... um? Oh, how come I always come into sayings that I haven't Google researched first and I can't remember? <laughs> it's the one about if you're not, if people aren't disagreeing with you, you're not really. What is that one? Jane? I don't know that one. It's a, it's a good one that um I know. Like for example, the poor old chiropractic community who've had to fight so many fights in the last hundred and fifty years to like prove their worth, quote unquote, in the faces of doctors and the media and naysayers. You know they. Having been around a lot of awesome chiropractors, they've got awesome philosophy for propping themselves up and believing what they do because they've always been the black sheep. Like they're a great example. Them and the homeopaths have always been really publicly vilified black sheep of, of whatever mainstream professions. And it's that whole thing like, well, if you're not having people make remarks and comments about what you're doing, well, are you really doing anything at all? Like, you know, you, right. you're probably just towing the line if nobody's talking Cuff about you. disturb and disturb the couple. All of that sort of stuff. It's that idea that you actually know that you're starting to get somewhere with change, with transformation, inner when and outer. have a crack at you. When people are starting to get uncomfortable around mm. you. And mm. that's the first biggest indicator. And it is going to take guts and strength to be a wayseer, to be a pioneer, even not even in those extravagant terms, but just to quietly, happily, selfishly and confidently live the life exactly that you want to live, even if it's just quietly in suburbia, people aren't going to like it. No, they're not. But deep down, they're going to have a, they're going to have a multitude of reactions to it. And their first one is going to be threatened. And so they're threatened and jealous, likely. So the jealousy is because you're doing what they want to do, but they can't do it and they don't know how to do it. And so then they're going to have a crack at you to pull you back down because they want you at their level, not moving on to a different level that they perceive as being higher. And so 
Through that, however, process, as you continue to shine your light, as you continue to be shiny and magnificent and playing it authentically big, they are then going to be sitting back and watching and waiting for you to fail. Now, when you don't fail, they're going to go one of two ways. They will either disappear from your life. However, likely they actually will side up to you very quietly, very gently one day and say something like, how did you do it? I'd like to be able to do it. There's a begrudging respect yes. that comes. And then they want to know how you did it. And by you doing it, you are actually giving them permission to do it as well. You're role modeling by living your, by doing your true self, by shining your light. Yeah. Look, I remember coaching some spiritual people who were really struggling with money. They really, and I think this is a very common thing within a lot of, um, particularly healers that have been doing that work for, you know, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And there was a thing of, you know, I've got this amazing gift from spirit and I shouldn't be charging for it. And so there was a lot of wanting to move away from ego and not wanting to charge. But I'm saying, you know what, you go out there and be as magnificent as you possibly can be. Be as successful on every area as you can be. And I want you to go and buy the Mercedes-Benz because you are living the example on every area within our society. And that is a way that a lot of people are, are monitoring success. Can benchmark that, yeah, that so, you're you know, doing something right. You've got the Mercedes, right. it kind of gives mm. you kudos. Now, I'm not saying you need that, but that is to help open and unlock doors in other people that are wanting to have those doors unlocked. Those visual goalposts. Yeah. Interesting, isn't yeah. It? Um, yeah. I, look, there's the line in this quote that Jane read at the start. It's the second or third sentence. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. That is the yes. part that for me as a spiritual practitioner that I find not not that I'm grappling with, but that people come in and we grapple on it together with them because people. Well, I remember grappling with that, and you helped me with it. I really did. What I was, was the really for you. I was really. I, I had several very big opportunities present, and I went into pure fear, and I then started looking back at different opportunities in my past, and I remember talking to you about how I can only get these things so far, and then they seem to. They don't stop, but they seem to just Flat plateau. Line, plateau, yeah. Yeah. And you were the one that said you're scared of how how, how great you could be. Great you could be. Yeah. And it is scary. Yeah. And yet each of us feels this. Mm. So I could have a moment even saying this to you beautiful listeners on this podcast of who does she think? Are they thinking who does she think she is? You know, I could have go into real fear and insecurity here, but I'm not going to because I truly, deeply believe Every single person feels this at whatever opportunity it is. They actually have the fear of, oh, wow, what if I really pulled this off? What a if? Another spiritual layer as well that, of course, I see is when people come to me who, let's face it, everyone who comes to me has had a lot of bloody past lives. They are old souls. They know the game. They believe in it. They're switched on. They're intuitive themselves. They've been around the universal block. And when that's happened, it usually means souls have been around for as long as what we call the ancient world, as far back as some really quite powerful old lives. Some of these people have been very powerful healers, leaders, you know, etc. before. Usually what tends to happen with lives of great power as part of your learning experience, as part of your soul growth as a soul, 
is that you don't always you don't always actually just get to just have the the luxury of just enjoying it. Usually something happens because there's a learning experience in the power for you. Either the ego gets in the way or there's a trade-off that happens. There might be a compromising of values. You might lose something in exchange for the power. You know, all these sorts of lessons we've, we've all had to experience in life um, or there's pain or danger associated with it. So I get people come to me all the time who I can see in their eyes and shining out of their aura. They are the most powerful, magnificent, talented souls. They've got powerful gifts to give and they are in absolute shutdown around it because their body is holding onto the cellular memory of if I do this, it equals danger. If I do this, I'll be ostracized from the village. If I do this, you know, all kinds of shadow side stuff starts to come out. Um, now, that's that's a deeper level again, but just at a level less deep than that, just at the average everyday level about why haven't I um, – why do I keep missing out on the promotions? Why do I keep failing that exam? Why do I keep not meeting the one? Well, maybe because you're actually terrified of what would happen if you did. It's that simple. Exactly. It's that simple. Exactly. I just want to um, elaborate a little bit on that exercise where you gave me a beautiful exercise where, which around the same time where I was really struggling with wanting to really give myself permission to break through a ceiling that I had somehow put in my life. And you had me do a beautiful exercise where I had to go back to a village where I was the little old wise lady of the village that was handing out the herbs and the weirdo, the weirdo in the village. The crazy cat and, lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and most of the, the village died of um, a, I can't remember what it was, but it was like plague. A, a plague. Plague, thank you. Except those that had had my weird magic potions. Um, and you actually got me to travel to the other side to communicate with all the souls from that village. And I think that people could potentially do this themselves. If they can't, please book in for Beck and get it done. But you could potentially do it yourself where you use your compassionate skills combined with your psychic ability where you actually go into this group and you start looking at what were the lessons that the other people got by having this weirdo in the in the village. And by flipping it over to see how people viewed you from a deeper level now that that lifetime was done. So what Jane's saying is you want to go and get the people who've offered you the most resistance, bullying or naysaying when you when you start to show your power. Now, they might be the real-life bullies uh, or roadblocks or they, they might be ones from a past life, but it's, it's, it's a mental exercise. You put them in a sacred space and you have a talk to them because they're doing it on purpose usually to test you to see – if you're going to crumble or, or climb higher. Yeah, are you, you the real deal? Yeah, and if you really want greatness, you, th these people come along so you can learn to put those blinkers on, put the earplugs in your ears and keep striding through, staying in full alignment, full commitment to the truth of who you are and your purpose. And if you can get that formula right, you will be untouchable for eternity. I mean, that's really mastering the self. That is a true coming together, a true alignment of mind, body, spirit in actualization embodied in this lifetime. So, of course, there's going to be things coming along to test you. I also want to touch on too when you were saying how the fear of what if you do get the promotion, what if you do get the, the man of your dreams, etc. A visualization technique to actually project yourself into the future. Let's say it's three months' time. And everything that you dreamed about has actually happened. Now, how does it feel? What does it really feel like? What fear have you got? And when I did this exercise, I 
realized that with the success of what I was striving for in a particular field, it actually also came with financial abundance. And I realized I had a fear. I had a, a silly old tape in my head that I have no idea where I heard it from. However, it was a belief that I'd not explored, but it was still a belief. And it was that people hang out with people who are in the same income bracket. Now, I don't know where I got that from. However, I believed that. And what the fear was, was that if I moved into a different income bracket, I would lose these beautiful people in my life that are so special to me. That's a fascinating fear. It is, isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. So then I had to gather evidence of who in my life is in a different income bracket. I had people that earned heaps less than me, and I had people that earned squillions more than me that were all important, but I had not consciously like observed this and questioned it. So when you go forward and you start to visualize, you've already got it all. It's all happened. It's three months time or three years or whatever time frame is going to make you feel comfortable as though you actually could realistically have achieved everything that you're wanting to achieve in this, this particular area. Then what is that fear? And you might find like me that you come out with some old wives tale thing that's been hanging around forever that is just not making sense at all. And then as you explore it, you realize that that fear just diminishes. I no longer have that fear. So I'm not going to lose all the beautiful people around me who are so dear to me because I'm in a different income bracket. I love it. It's cool, isn't it? I'd like to say that at this point in all of our spiritual journeys, everyone, it is your job to be uncomfortable. It is your job to go look at the pain. It is your job to lift the bedspread and look at the demons under the bed to poke around in your shadow side, to, you know, for so long Western society, we, we are so obsessed with obvious external benchmarks of success, power, and achievement. And we're, we're comfortable when everything's rolling and everything's doing well. We are completely uncomfortable when it isn't. Just look at the global financial crisis. Why do you think that had to happen? Because it plunged the entire world into, it's like it was a, it was a test. What do you do if you don't have security, everyone? Well, it brings up everyone's fears to work on, doesn't it? Everyone, everywhere, as all around the world has been working on their emotional fears that's come as a result of things like that. So it's, it's the macrocosm, but down at the microcosm level, you as a spiritual person, we always want to hear the nice stuff and we want to know that there's hope and it's all going to be okay. And do you know what it is? It is. But the work that you need to be doing is deliberately, proactively, consciously, continually putting yourself into emotional situations that test you, that push you, that are uncomfortable for you so you can do the work and push through it. So this goes back to Jane's affirmation for today, which is, it is not your job to come here and make everyone else feel comfortable. How do you think they are going to learn? How is society going to learn? How are the people around you going to break and grow? Breaking, it's like labor. It is painful to be reborn into something new, to be broken apart and put back together again. That's what change is. Okay, but it's that's why it comes with pain because it makes what comes on the other side so much lighter and more amazing. It's that thing about, you know, the vase with all the cracks in it, well, it's through the cracks that the light shines through, you know. You've got to be broken many times to kind of get there. So when we're talking about today's theme, which is that light shining through, how willing and prepared are you to put yourself in a bit of discomfort? Because that's actually what's being required of everyone right now when it comes to spiritual work. And how prepared are you for when the light really does shine right on you, really shines on you, and you're able to speak your truth authentically with kindness and with compassion 
because the squirming of not feeling comfortable, is that because you actually believe there is a hierarchy? Is that because you actually believe that maybe you are better than others? Because what I want everybody to really understand is that as you really get this, there is no better than or worse than. There is nobody that is lesser than or greater than. Each of us is incredible and unique and special. Some of us have been able to take the tools and be able to shine more light. Every person can do it and every person can do it at a moment's notice. So the person, like I've seen some spiritual people, this guy that came to me once as a client and I was getting his history of, you know, what sort of career has he been doing, blah, blah, blah. He was a, a financial planner for many, many years and and then he said, oh, then I had a marriage that broke down and I remember sobbing at the end of the bed one night just going, I just got on my knees and I just said, you know what, if there is a God, you better help me now because I need it. And he started seeing all these geometric shapes and weird stuff he started seeing and in that moment started channeling the most highest vibration wisdom that was amazing and within a few months he was doing full-blown, full-body, light-grid, rebalancing healing. He'd gone from zero to a thousand in a few months. I'm wondering if you're talking about the same guy because I know that guy. I know a guy who's got exactly the same story and I don't think it's an uncommon story. It's not uncommon. This when, is what's amazing. When you're ready. That, you know, it's, it, we need to get rid of this time thing and we need to get rid of, well, maybe I'm allowed to shine my light because I've done 30 years of work versus somebody who says, well, I can shine my light and I've only done 30 minutes work, but guess what? I got it. And we just do it. So there is no difference and we don't know who's going to pop out and blossom into a beautiful flower or who's still growing the flower and it's not even in bud form yet, but it's going to pop out. How fast is it going to come or how slow? So when we really get that we are all one, we are all the same, but we are all incredibly unique and special and have gifts that are unique to us and it is our job to show them and shine them and live them and feel it and be it. Watch the words that you use when you just kind of casually criticize someone. They can be very revealing, you know, like, particularly the celebrities in our society or the people who are out there doing things and progressing their lives. You know, you might say something like, like Jones had just said, you know, oh, who does he think he is? Or well, he's too young to know that, surely. How did he get there so quick? Must know someone. She must have slept away to the top. Her father had money. You and know? unfortunately, I've heard some spiritual elders that have gone down this path, and I get it. But I actually was warned by an amazing spiritual teacher about, I think it was about 10 or 15 years ago, who said, Jane, it's going to be very frustrating for those of us that have literally spent years digging through the mud and doing all the hardcore work to try and shed the layers and come into the light out from the dark. It's going to really piss us off when along comes somebody who gets it in a month and you think, hang on, I've spent 20 years doing this. Yeah. That's not fair. But there's a few But it actually there. doesn't piss me off. No, no. I actually see it as exciting because – like, like my spiritual elders that taught me, they paved the way for me to get it. 
and maybe I've gone on and got some things even further than they have. Yeah. And then, like, I'm excited by my children of what they're going to deliver. It's going to be this is what further the, again. The spiritual teachers I've heard when we talk about the world speeding up in the hundredth monkey syndrome, where all of a sudden the collective mass consciousness starts to get it more, more, more and more people join faster and faster and faster, like a domino effect. And I've heard spiritual teachers say that you know the kind of content that we used to teach over like a one week or a four day weekend workshop in the nineties, people can get in a two hour seminar right now in the in an but afternoon. But this podcast is a classic example. Right. I mean, any one of our thirty minute podcasts back in the day would have been a week long course just to get everyone I into the basics. Absolutely believe it. People are more immersed now, and they are that the reaction time is quicker. And combined with that, from a spiritual point of view, you've like when I'm talking about these old souls coming back. You've got children who are they're not being born to to come back and learn and grow. They're here to pick up where they last left off. And, you know, sometimes you get these videos on, like, YouTube of, like, the three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old winning a breakdancing competition or the five-year-old figure skater or the, the guy that sounds just like Bob Dylan playing two guitars at once and he's seven. I mean, talk about fucking reincarnation. Like, what do you think reincarnation is? These kids are picking up where they last left off because they've got no time to waste. And they, they because they're children, they haven't got that filter yet that adulthood and society's put on them. They're just coming through and sitting in their divine light and just being. And we think it's so amazing. We send them viral. Right? Exactly. And we don't pick on them when they're kids. It's when they get older we start to say, who does she think she, where'd she get that from? Her father paid for that. You know, all that kind of, you So know, let's role play that. Who do we think we are? Jane, so somebody's Jane. having a crack. <laughs> I think I am a very compassionate and wise person who's blessed to have an ability that everybody could have to channel spirit and be able to share some really cool stuff. That's I, who I think I am. I'm somebody with just as much shit as the next person, but the difference between me and most people is the minute something comes up in me that is a block, a sadness, a resistance, a hurt, or a pain, I straight away want to know what it is and I go and do something about it. Self-ownership. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. self-work, active, yeah. proactive, on the board. Like if, if I get a cold, I've got my kinesiologist booked within 24 hours. I want to know what the emotion is. I have to know. I know I'm a journalist. I have to know everything. And I, <laughs> I am wired that way and I'm a fast mover. But it's meant that I've probably squeezed 30 years, if not three lifetimes of therapy into the last 10 years because I so consistently hit up my practitioners, therapists, and techniques and my own self-growth and meditation because if you've got to walk the, talk the talk on these kinds of shows, you've got to walk the walk. Who am I to tell you guys to go and bloody meditate if I haven't got a prayer altar set up in my own bloody bedroom? And I do. By the way, I don't tell anyone to meditate even though they should because I'm not very good at yeah, it. Yeah, but you tell them to do other things than I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, though, the example that I was – I don't actually think I gave a good answer to that. It probably needs a bit more prepping. But there is a solidness is what I was trying to demonstrate in the answer. Is a, It doesn't matter what the words were or what the answer is. It's a solidness of kindly saying who you are. And it's not about anybody else. It's not that I'm better than. It's not that I'm anything different than who I am. And knowing, knowing who you are. And softly and gently and firmly being okay with that. There was something I wanted to add to this discussion about ego as well. Um, particularly when we talk about the, who does she think she is and the cutting people down stuff. And it's interesting because we actually had an email from a Love Life listener through Facebook a few weeks ago and she was saying, I keep hearing in spiritual circles, they always use the word ego, but what does it actually mean? Well, 
I mean, it's probably a whole half hour I show. I think it is a half hour but show. But in yeah. brief, I just want to say there's one definition of ego in a spiritual sense, which is where you kind of get out of the way of yourself. So there's the monkey mind that wants to tell you 8,000 thoughts. But if you can actually close it down and go into a, a silent quietness, you're just in this kind of universal oneness. It's like tapping into that, that deeper vibration that's just the universe. And if you can kind of get to there, put yourself aside, it's quite a spiritual way to be and feel. Um, you know, we can't sustain that 24 hours a day as humans, but if you tap into it regularly, it makes you a better human. Mm, but the nice. more, um, everyday version of ego, of course, is when somebody's arrogant, when they have tabs on themselves. And we've got this massive paralysis in our society around don't have an ego. And it's like when I go into the schools and speak to teenagers, it's really hard to speak to them about self-love because they interpret it as she's got a big head. She looks in the mirror, says, I love herself every morning. She thinks she's all that. But it's not about that. Ego and back to, to light shining, people coming into true self-empowerment, to living without fear, to really embodying the truth of who they are. When done from the highest and purest place, there is not a shred of ego involved in an act like that. And I think you can really see the difference. I no longer play it small to make others feel secure. Thank you for joining us on the couch here on the wellnesscouch.com every Wednesday for our free half hour show. We have a Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash love life show. And we use that to get private direct messages from those of you who want to share your stories with us and ask questions. And also down on the left hand side, you can join our newsletter subscriber list. So until this time next week, Jane and I encourage you to keep digging away at your shadow side. Keep looking at those demons, but above all, rather than looking back so much, don't be afraid to look forward and step into your true light. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.